welcome to Aviation United by Aviation Zero. I'm delighted to be chatting with Certified Coach from Coach Training Alliance, which holds accreditation from the International Coaching Federation, Master's Degree in Counseling and Founder of Oxygen Coaching, one of the world's leaders in reputation repair, Jennifer Cunningham. Hello, Jennifer. How are you getting on today? Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. I, I, I am looking forward to this very much. Oh, I'm excited as well. But first of all, before we we get moving on to our topic today, which is uh, bullying. So where are you on the planet as we speak? What are you doing? I am in Southern California in Orange County, which is smack dab in the middle between Los Angeles and San Diego. Um, in a, a, I have to say a very lovely place to live. Um, it's, it's warm here. It's summertime. And, um, you know, because we're, we're staying, uh, close to home a lot lately, uh, just been enjoying the the pool and the the sun and and so that kind jealous. of thing. So jealous. What, what what temperature is it? Today it's about eighty three. I think is the temperature. Yeah. That's very pleasant. And the OC is the OC very posh because I mean, growing up there used to be a TV show, and I think it was, it was called the OC. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, yeah. it came across very like kind of you know. Well, well, well to do. I'm very posh. So are you very posh? There, there are definitely those areas of well to do. And um, I am not of the upper echelon, I should say. I'm more of the, the middle ground. But um, don't be so modest. wide variety and diversity in Orange County. Right. But yes, there are some areas where there's a lot of plastic surgery and um, uh, fake tans and white teeth and all of that. <laughs> oh, I, I have none of the above. I have no fake tan. <laughs> I have no white teeth. So I'll, I'll try my best. So Jennifer, can you tell the listeners a bit about, about your background and how you became um, a coach and obtained sure. your, your degree? Sure. So I've, uh, I've been working in uh, mostly higher education for the last 20 years. And before that worked a little bit in uh, local government and nonprofit work. And um, I mostly have worked, the bulk of my experience has been working in career services, so helping people with, um, you know, finding jobs and uh, resume writing and interview preparation and that sort of thing. And I've uh, done that for the bulk of my career. And, and about four years ago, I switched roles uh, in the university. I work at a university and switched roles a little bit and um, now I, I work around student uh, conduct at the university. So still using a lot of the counseling and coaching skills, just kind of with a different um, set of criteria. And it was uh, through my work that I actually decided to become certified as a coach. I, I experienced a type of bullying, which we'll talk more about. Um, I experienced a type of bullying myself, and that uh, kind of propelled me to really want to help other people who may have had a similar experience. Can I ask, what, what, what is a certified coach, especially for listeners, because we, we hear a lot these days about life coaches and different styles of coaches. So what is a certified coach and what's the difference likely for somebody that maybe have a master's degree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. So anyone can call themselves a coach and you don't have to have any special training at all. So um, you can hang out a shingle and say you're a coach. However, there are lots of certification programs that someone that wants to become a coach can go through, and they range really in, in a variety of different ranges. They 
it could be a two-week course, it could be up to a year course, it could be a couple hundred dollars, it could range up to fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. So there's really a wide range of certification programs. A lot of them are online versus in-person or maybe a hybrid of online and in-person training. I, I went with an online training and because I have a, a master's degree in counseling, I didn't really need like the ethical foundation part. I needed more of um, the business part and I wanted to really hone the coaching because coaching really is different from counseling and therapy in that in counseling and therapy, often we're working with clients around their past and their uh, relationships in the past and how those past experiences may be affecting them currently. Whereas coaching is very in the moment oriented uh, and in the now and working for the future. So somebody that would be a good coaching, would be a good uh, person that would want to go to coaching would be somebody who's interested in solving a problem that's right in front of them and uh, getting the skills and getting the facilitation around helping them in the moment to, to move forward in their life or um, get back to normal. So our main topic today, we're going to be chatting about uh, bullying. So probably as simplified as possible. Wait, what is bullying? We hear it a lot. <laughs> we hear this word a lot. So what is it? Yeah. So, you know, I think when most of us hear that term, or at least for me, what normally comes to mind is the, the kids on the playground, right? Where they're tripping one another, or pushing one another, or pulling hair. And really, um, I think when we think of, of workplace bullying or bullying with adults, it is a lot of that same behavior, just in a different way. So, you know, bullying is is a targeted effort to undermine someone, to humiliate them, to uh, single them out so that they become, um, you know, maybe the, the goal for the bully is to have the person leave an organization or maybe they are just uh, don't like that person and, you know, want them to be transferred to a different area. So there could be many uh, there could be some goals that a bully might have in targeting a certain person, but um, it's a little bit different from harassment. And I don't know about, you know, the laws in uh, all countries, but in the U.S., harassment is an illegal act where, you know, a person can be sued. And But what makes it different from bullying is that harassment is um, behavior that's going after a a targeted group of people based on kind of their protected identities. So their sex, their race, their religion, whereas bullying can just be behavior directed at somebody because they don't like you. So that's a little bit of the difference, but some of the, um, I think some of the characteristics or actions that a bully might take, particularly in the workplace would be things like, you know, um, undermining their work or discrediting their work or taking credit for work that um, someone else did or maybe isolating them from, you know, more of those social things that happen in a workplace. So let's say the whole group is, you know, planning to go out for a, a, a company lunch and that and the targeted person isn't invited to that or they may, if, if 
the bully happens to be the person's supervisor, it could be actions like um, humiliating them in meetings or being overcritical about their work or really um, giving evaluations and feedback in a very condescending way, not supporting the person to get better, but just, um, you know, really magnifying every little detail, maybe piling on tedious or unnecessary work and then challenging that person to get it done on time. So there's lots of ways that can play out, but those are, those are kind of some of them um, that, that, that come to mind. Can, can bullying be confused then with having a laugh with somebody? The reason I ask this is because I come from a background where, uh, like a sporting background. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. I don't look like a supermodel anymore. But <laughs> generally, when when I was playing football when I was younger, you'd have a bit of. You, do you understand the term banter? A bit of a laugh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you might be after the game. It could be before the game. You kind of joke with each other, and there might be a little bit of slagging off. Would that be determined or recognised as bullying as well? I mean, how, how do we separate the two? I think the key is if it's a persistent action. And so, you know, you know that a lot of people hopefully have relationships in their work environment where they're trusting and there's rapport that's being built. And, you know, you can have those moments of levity with, you know, your coworkers where you're just kind of messing with each other. But um, bulleting becomes a very different animal it becomes stressful where the person, you know, may not want to come to work. They're being singled out. It's more than just banter. It's more than just an occasional practical joke. It's a persistent um, set of things that are happening to this person that, you know, can be very orchestrated, maybe by one bully, maybe by more than one. In fact, there's a term when, when a group of people become uh, bullies. There's a term called mobbing, and uh, that can be very, very stressful. That's kind of what happened in my situation. So um, there's different ways it can play out, but I think there's a very big distinction in what you're talking about is just kind of playful messing around. However, practical joking, you know, if it's done over and over and over again to one person and everyone is having a laugh about it except for that one person i think that's an area where it can get a little um you know more cloudy because you know every once in a while something but you know if it's a persistent uh type of joking around it it could turn into a bullying situation so the person then and i always find this quite interesting the person that appears to be bullying another individual or a group of people do they actually know they're doing it? Yeah, great question. I would say that most of the time, it's a pretty deliberate uh, behavior on the bully's part. Now, I, I suppose there are people that are in some work environments who just may not have good manners or may just have not been um, trained appropriately and they don't have a filter on maybe the things that they say. But bullying is is targeted. It's thought out. It's not. Um, it you know there's some some planning that goes around a, a bully bullying environment. 
Um, so I think it's a little different than just, you know, I think, a, I think there could be bullies that maybe are unaware, but I think for the most part, it's an orchestrated effort. Do you think, Jennifer, it's, it's lack of confidence on behalf of the bully? Oh, yeah, that is, uh, in fact, they say that, you know, a lot of the research suggests that the, the people that are targeted by bullies are often the most, you know, competent people in, in the workforce. Often they're people that have a lot of uh, friends and, and maybe even have been stellar employees and have had, you know, um, a great run at their, their company, but then, you know, maybe uh, someone else is a new person is hired or they are made to report to someone new and that person feels threatened and so then the attack you know the attack begins so I think that's a very good point that uh, yeah there's a lot of maybe the person just feels intimidated and maybe they worry that this person is going to take their job or as, you know, maybe seen as a little bit more than themselves are, you know, they don't want to, they want to be seen always in a good light. So how then does the individual cope with uh, bullying? So you're being bullied, you know, you're being bullied because you hear a lot of these stories, especially on the news where they might say, you know, uh, school bullying has increased or workplace bullying or harassment has increased. So if you're being bullied, how, how would you manage that? So, you know, first, I think it might be good to just touch on how some of bullying can manifest in a person's life. So, you know, a lot of time, not not to mention just the stress that 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 would cause going to work every day. But often what we see is, you know, when someone is being bullied, it's affecting other areas of their life. So it may, because they're under so much stress, they may come home from work and, you know, not treat their spouse properly because they're stressed out from their day. So it can bleed into relationships. Maybe they're short tempered with their children. Maybe they go kick the dog, you know, whatever, however that plays out, um, stress can manifest in a lot of different ways. Of course, if it's a workplace setting, you know, People are thinking about their career. How is this going to affect my career? Should I be looking for a new job? Who's going to want to hire me? Are they going to, you know, is this company going to give me a good recommendation? So it can play out in, in that way too. And then of course, you know, in, in someone's, their health, the health, health suffers, high blood pressure, maybe people start, you know, kind of drinking more or, or abusing substances to, to cope. Um, and, so that's kind of some of how the symptoms play out. But what can a person do when they're being bullied? I think that, um, you know, the information that I've researched and what I understand about that bullying environment is the first thing is to be able to recognize that this is happening to you. And if you're able to, if you, you know, when you recognize it, if you're able to firstly address it right then and there and don't let this the bully um don't let that behavior perpetuate you can address it right then and there there by saying to the person you know i noticed that when you asked me to do this you you know shouted at me or i i've been noticing that you're um you know that i've been given uh deadlines but have 
these deadlines have been turned out to be incorrect and then it makes me look like I'm not completing my work on time. What can we do to, you know, address that? So that, that's kind of the first thing is to try to nip it in the bud. But a lot of times targets don't see it coming. It's such a gradual and um, persistent thing that you, it kind of sneaks up on you because you're not used to it. You've been going along doing your job nicely and all of a sudden all these kind of weird things start happening and you think, you know, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's just a one-off that, you know, that's not going to happen again. But if you see these things repeatedly, the next thing you want to do is document everything that you're experiencing. So... Can I ask you, there, um, what, yeah. what do you mean by document? The reason the yeah. reason I ask is because some people think, oh, you know, obviously you write down everything or you take a diary and then other people want to record stuff, but obviously due to legality reasons. So what, what, what would you mean by documenting? Well, I think part of that is journaling. So if you start noticing a pattern, you want to be writing down dates and like, for instance, in a meeting. So let's say the person was in a meeting and the boss, uh, criticized or humiliated that person uh, during the meeting in a public way, you would want to just make a note, you know, Tuesday, 8 a.m., these people were in the room, this is what was said to me. And then, you know, another form of documentation would be emails. So um, perhaps you're getting email correspondence by somebody who's bullying you. And even in the emails, you know, if people are smart, they're not going to write detrimental things in an email but some people that are bullying aren't that smart so they may be writing all these things that are bullying behaviors so if you get emails like that you want to you know forward those emails to your home address do not wait until you think that you're going to be fired or uh, right before you're ready to quit your job you want to have um, those things in a file every email that's ever been sent to you and your responses to those emails. Um, you want to also include, you know, any performance evaluations that um, you've had in the past. Maybe you've had just a stellar performance up until a certain point. And then, you know, you, it, the idea is you want to be able to show some kind of like pattern about, okay, I was getting great, you know, reviews until I got a new manager and then all of a sudden, you know, I started getting bad reviews. So in addition to all these other things happening. So you want to kind of be able to think of it as you, you want to kind of prove your case. So anything that you could keep that would show someone that didn't know um, what a pattern of behavior that you were experiencing. Um, text messages, you know, uh, voice recordings, I think any of that kind of stuff that is in a, a medium that, you know, could be presented to an objective person looking at a situation. Is it possible then, we hear a lot, I mean, there's been cases recently where individuals had been in these group chats. I'm not going to say specifically what social media platform messenger. Platform. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, where I'm coming from here, where, mm -hmm everybody has a little, little bit of say and there might be say 20 people in this group chat and then mm -hmm. one or two are being targeted. I mean, I, my suggestion always the people is that don't get into these group chats because it could be a recipe for disaster down the road. But what, what would you recommend with regards to that? Well, I would agree wholeheartedly. You know, you want to think of 
anything that you're writing, whether it's in a group chat or in a text message or on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever, you know, you want to think if, if you wouldn't say that, you know, in person to someone, then you probably shouldn't be writing it because everything, as we know, stays on the internet. Even, you know, online reputation management companies that they're in business to, quote, take things off the internet, it's never off the internet. Um, it, it takes a, 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 at least in the U.S., I don't know how it is in other countries, it takes like a, um, a lawsuit sometimes to get things taken down off of Google. It's a long, involved process. So the most that an online reputation management company could help someone do with their online you know, reputation is bury it. So you want to think of everything that's written on social media as a, a permanent record of what, <laughs> what you've said, whether you, meant, whether you meant it the way it was written or not. It doesn't matter. If it's written and your name's attached to it, that, that is what it's going to look like. So even if you're having a bad day and you decide to have a rant on Twitter <laughs> or Facebook, you know, I, I disagree with these cream cakes. It's, I, I want a different cream cake. Yeah, it's on, it's, on, it's on social media. So what about then, Jennifer, which, you know, you mentioned there like a few tips there, you know, you document everything, you, you know, you, you, you maintain text messages and so on. So say, for example, you're in, you're, you're in this, how do you say, toxic work environment where mm -hmm. all the way to the top. I mean, somebody mentioned to me there before where you have to chop the head off the snake. I know it sounds a bit uh, <laughs> abrupt, but if, if you've gone through all these processes that you've mentioned and you then go to the higher authorities, like your, your manager, and then that goes to another manager and another supervisor and so on, at what stage do you say to yourself, look, you know, it's time to pack it in and move on to a happier life or do you keep mm -hmm. on trying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's such an individual decision, you know, and, and that's, I, I think it'd be dependent on an individual's level of resilience and how, you know, the pros and cons of, of leaving a job and, and what that may look like for, you know, their family and their income and everything. But for me, it would be about, um, the decision would be, is this affecting my health or relationships to the extent that I can't, you know, I can't function anymore? Um, and that would be, you know, the deciding factor for me is, you know, how is this affecting the other parts of my life? Of course, not everyone is in a position to just quit if things get so bad. You know, a lot of people have families to support. And they, but I would say, you know, even at the beginning phases of a bullying situation, you probably want to start, you know, keeping your eyes open to other opportunities and even applying for them. Even if it doesn't escalate into a full-blown, you know, long-term bullying situation, even to just kind of have your eyes open on whether things might be available to you and, and put some put some feelers out and, and start talking to your network and, you know, just exploring other opportunities. And that's going to give you an added sense of confidence, knowing that there are other things out there and that you're already kind of putting those things in place so that if, and when that happens, you might, you know, be a few steps ahead of, of the game and, you know, have some things in your, in your basket. So how do we stop bullying then? 
in general? I mean, can we stop it in the workplace, uh, private life, etc.? I mean, or even it's a case of if you see somebody else being bullied, how, how can you help them out? Yeah. Yeah, such a great question. So, I mean, organizations that recognize that this happens and that it is not good for their company culture, those are the companies that are are have policies in place and are addressing this type of thing and, and don't let it happen to their organization. But there's plenty of organizations where that is simply not the case and they let it perpetuate. And it can, what, what I would say is, you know, when you're presenting your case to someone that's in charge and a lot of, you know, a lot of the bullying experts say that, you shouldn't go to your human resource department because often the human resource department is, you know, more in line or aligned with management of the company and, you know, the, um, the, the company versus the employee. So a lot of, a lot of times they'll say, don't do that. However, there are organizations where, they take a different view of that. And those are the smart organizations. They're the one that's doing it right because they realize that if you have a bullying situation, it's affecting your bottom line at some level. It's affecting the, the profit of that organization, whether it's time lost in having to investigate these bullying situations, whether it's an employee who's being bullied, um, you know, taking extra time off to because they're so uh, they're experiencing so much stress. That's that's money, and if you can present that to someone in charge that you trust and present it as a business case, like, hey, this is happening, and this is how it's affecting our organization financially, I think that's kind of the best angle to make the case. Um, But sometimes that's just not going to happen and you just have to know when it's time for you to move on. And I think your, your second question about like, what if you see something happening um, to someone else? You know, I would say that um, you want to do, and often what happens, it's a, it's a weird phenomenon because the person that's being bullied is some is what what happens sometimes is they'll pull the coworkers the HR team will pull the coworkers in in kind of as they're investigating and they'll tell the coworkers you know this is all confidential you don't want to talk to Joe who's being bullied right now we're just doing a, an investigation so we just want to keep this you know, confidential. And so the coworkers will start thinking, oh, maybe there is something wrong with Joe. Maybe, you know, and it, it kind of feeds off itself. So then the coworkers start ignoring the targeted person. And so that even exacerbates the, the person who's being targeted feeling like, okay, now my, even my best friends at the workplace aren't paying attention to me. And it kind of just grows into this big monster. So if you want to be a good friend and be supportive to somebody, be aware that even the organization itself may try to pull you in one direction or another. But I would say the most important thing is, you know, help that person, be a support for that person, be that trusted friend, help that person document, remind that person of their good qualities, encourage them to find 
support resources, encourage them to look for other employment if that's the most appropriate thing for them. Um, but really just, you know, do what you would want someone to do for you in that situation. Get, get counseling, get therapy, get coaching if that's what is uh, the right thing to do. So I suppose it's, it's bullying can happen to anybody. So if you do see somebody getting bullied, just be aware that hopefully it doesn't happen to you in the future. But as, as Jennifer has mentioned, you know, be that support and, and keep an eye out and, and try and help them out as much as possible. So let's move on then, Jennifer, which obviously, you know, there's the aviation industry at the moment and uh, aerospace, travel and tourism professionals are finding a little bit difficult at a time, at this time, uh, due to job losses in particular. What, what a bit of inspiration can you give them or what can you say to them? So I think that, you know, there's, there's obviously ind- industries like yours that are suffering with layoffs. Um, so, you know, as cliche as it might sound, this may be, you know, an, a time for opportunity too. So if you are in one of these industries and maybe you've been thinking about transitioning into a different industry, maybe now is the time to, you know, take some online courses or uh, research what it might be like to start your own business or maybe reach out to folks that you've worked with in the past and remind them of of what you've been doing and what you've been up to. maybe explore some new things that might be of interest. And, you know, the other thing I would say is perhaps there's a way for you to be employed on a temporary basis in another field um, until your industries come back and, you know, and then you go back to your, your regular job. This will end and things will get better again. So, but I would say just take the opportunities that you have with maybe time and um, to, to research or do whatever it is that, you know, might be your next step. And also to reach out to people that, you know, your support group and, and let people help you. I think most people want to be supportive, but I think at the, the same time, a lot of people are hesitant to ask for support because they don't want to be, you know, pitied or there may be a little bit of embarrassment that, that they, you know, aren't working right now or whatever the situation is, but, you know, let people help. Great advice. So move on then to oxygen coaching. So you're the founder of oxygen coaching. What, what is oxygen coaching and how can it help? <laughs> Yeah, so um, really what I focus on is helping people regain their confidence after a crisis situation. So, um, for instance, I mentioned, you know, briefly uh, a situation at my workplace, but I hear about people every single day who have either had, it doesn't necessarily have to be a workplace trauma, but um, mostly like a humiliation or, you know, a lot of people are suffering from like, you know, cancel culture, this, this phenomena that if you express your opinion, uh, people can just shut you down very quickly and, you know, it's over. But, you know, there's one story that, that, I, um, that I always think about whenever I'm talking to people about this. And it's this story about, and this really has nothing to do with workplace bullying, a little bit, but um, the story of this woman who was a newscaster 
in the States and she was out in the Midwest and she had, uh, she was a newscaster and she had just, um, she did, she did a Ted talk. So this is how I became introduced to her. Her name is Catherine Bosley. If you want to look up the Ted talk and she describes this situation she was in where she had just got over, she had just got a clean bill of health over her second cancer diagnosis. So she had cancer once recovered got cancer again, recovered, and she was celebrating that recovery. And she and her husband were down in the Florida Keys, and they were um, <clears throat> celebrating her, her bill of good health. And they went into a restaurant, and the restaurant that they went in happened to be having what they call a wet t-shirt contest. And I don't know if you're familiar with what that is. Oh, yes. But Okay. <laughs> so, um, and if you don't know what it is, you can Google it. I won't yeah. go into that now. But, oh, you're fine. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So this, this, um, they were asking for volunteers of the audience for, for women to come up on stage and be part of the wet t-shirt contest. And so just by the name of the contest, you can kind of understand what it is. And this woman had never even, she didn't even know what one was, but her husband did. And she said, you know, I just got this, I'm just free, I'm cancer free, and we're here down in the Florida Keys, I don't know anybody, I'm going to do this crazy thing, and just to celebrate, you know, my womanhood, and just, just to be crazy, and so she did this thing, and they had fun, they had a bunch of laughs, and um, all was well and good, so if you fast forward, that was in the summer, and fast forward to Christmas Eve, she's at her home, she has her family there, they're cooking dinner, and she gets this call on her answering machine from a woman she'd never heard of before. And this woman said horrible things to her. Your life is over. You're ruined. You are a stupid slut. Um, your, your name is going to be all over the airwaves tomorrow. And sure enough, someone that was at the wet t-shirt contest had filmed that. And someone recognized her as being a newscaster and her her face and this video was spread all over all over the news she lost her job she um she went she sank down to into a horrible depression and she she contemplated committing suicide and then she slowly got herself back she sued for the rights of the video and you know she turned her life around and now she's an activist and she goes around to high schools warning students not to put stuff online that could come back to haunt them. And I tell you that story just to explain that that's the type of thing that we're seeing more and more of, of these like, you know, enormous humiliations that people go through because we're all online. It just, it's exponential. So something that, you know, maybe 20 years ago wouldn't have been that big of a thing and we could get over is now being spread so quickly, like a virus, that's what they mean by going viral, that everybody gets, everybody sees it. And um, a person who's experiencing that kind of trauma and humiliation in their life um, needs to get help. They can't let that situation define them. They have to get over it. So it could be something as extreme as that or something as... Um, as normal as getting laid off from your job, but still maybe it's a, you know, it, the way the person's experiencing it as 
as some kind of trauma for them is, you know, they're embarrassed, they're humiliated that they got laid off from their job. So that's the kind of people or the kind of situations that I work with. And I coach people in a way that gets them back to remembering who they were and their confidence. And, um, and, and there's exercises that we go through to get them back to that, that point. Um, so that's kind of the basis of my coaching. To this lady, just interesting story you said you mentioned. I mean, the lady who was trying to tarnish um, the image. Uh, what I can't understand is that you know she's been through cancer. She wants to let her hair down. You know, she wants to celebrate, and this individual decides to ruin her. I mean, mm-hmm. was this individual known to her? Were they friends? No. Were they colleagues? No. Or? No. And to this day, she still doesn't know who the person was who who made the phone call um she knows that the people that made the film were part of like a there was it was a media company they were there filming it so she was able to go after them for the rights of the film but the person that made the call to her home she never found out who that person was how bizarre i mean talk about yeah. picking somebody when they're down it's, yeah, it's 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 so, so amazing. So, what about yourself, Jennifer? You mentioned earlier on with regards you had experience yourself in the past. So, mm-hmm. um, what what was your experience? So, um, in the work that I do, I um, you know I can't talk much about the details, but it, it was really a mobbing situation from a group of students. So, in the position that I'm in, I have to make very difficult decisions that. Um, affect uh, students and their standing in the school. So sometimes maybe they might be, you know, expelled or suspended or some kind of uh, consequence. And a lot of people don't like, you know, usually no one party is not happy with the decision that I made. And a group of students really, uh, you know, they 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 posted all these flyers around the school. Um, targeting me and um it was just it was very humiliating and of course the people that knew me knew that i wasn't capable of doing these things that they said but the people who didn't know me you know now were looking at me a little funny and a little off and um so it you know it really affected me it um i i had had plenty of friends and the students you know that i worked with previously always had good relationships with them and this kind of uh, they came after me in a very public way and it it just it in my own healing and trying to kind of recover from that is when I decided you know I'm going to use my counseling background and all of these all this all the training that I have and I'm going to focus on helping people because I know how um, severe the stress can be on that and there's you know there's not a lot of um, places where people can go to get support so that's that. That's what the emphasis was for me going in the coaching direction. I mean, you're just you're just doing your job. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. It's um, we might as well just lock ourselves away in rooms now and not talk to each other. You can't, you can't, yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't do anything. Can't do your job anymore. Or say anything. But anyway, but you're here now, which is great. They're not. You yeah. are. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, which is a positive. So, what about our, where, where can our listeners get in touch with you? Or they, you know, are you on social media? Do you have a website? I mean, I know you have. Yeah, a yeah. Website. yeah. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's a little bit long of a, a a typing in, but it's reputation repair coach 
com, and um, you know, it kind of tells a little bit more about my story there. And um, every every person that seeks coaching with me gets a free, um, you know, one uh, initial consultation to see if it's even the right fit. And you know, it may not be the right fit for for me either, because if I talk to somebody and it's clear that this person would benefit better from therapy versus coaching, um, you know, I'm going to suggest that that person maybe um, go down that route. It's, you know, it's a person that wants to just kind of say, okay, enough. I need to get, I need to move forward. Who's going to be um, best suited for, for coaching. But that initial consultation is all free and, and we decide, you know, together, does this make sense to move forward or not? So. And is the coaching session, is it done via like, is it online or is it, I know uh, at the moment a little bit of restrictions, but is it done online as well, like via Zoom or Skype or? I do um, all confidential uh, phone calls. It's it's um, via a free conference line on the phone. I can speak to anyone who's in an English speaking country anywhere around the world and um I find that that the coaching over the phone, although sometimes it is nice to see the person, and what I like to do is, you know, when I worked with someone, I always, I usually suggest, okay, maybe our last session, we actually get on a Zoom call so we can see each other, but there's something about coaching on the phone that is very effective because neither party is um, distracted by looking at each other. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, yeah. when you're looking at someone, you're noticing their facial features and maybe the way they smile or, or not smile. And when you're just talking to someone on the phone, you can really just focus on the tone of their voice and what's being communicated in their voice. And I, I find that I can really um, just focus very clearly over the phone. Um, although I can understand where there would be circumstances where you'd want to kind of see somebody's face as well. And are you on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn? LinkedIn mostly is where I um, post and, and, you know, and read lots of articles on this subject. So uh, LinkedIn is just, it's, it's under my name. Um, it's JK Cunningham, LinkedIn, uh, um, at LinkedIn. Well, I have your website up here in front of me. So as Jennifer has mentioned, uh, it's reputationrepaircoach.com. You can contact her directly there and you get a free rep reputation uh, recovery session. So I'd like to thank uh, Jennifer today for chatting with me on Aviation I by Aviation Zero about bullying. And uh, thank you so much again, Jennifer. Thank you very much for having me. This has been, uh, I hope your, your listeners have gotten some good information. Thank you. My pleasure.